0: Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFISFM brought to you by Riverbend Seniors Community. When you live at Riverbend, you will feel right at home.
1: Well, Sharon, we are on again for our last time in this location. Oh, that's right. And our first guest is yes. Judy Naiser on the line. Good. Hi Judy. Hi, how are you, Sharon? We're doing good. Did good. you did you know we're moving?
2: We're moving. Where to?
1: We're going downtown. To, uh, is it? third in Quebec? The old Royal Bank building. Yeah. Oh,
2: nice. That's yeah. a great location for you guys.
1: Well, we want to be able to invite seniors in that are in wheelchairs or or have trouble going up. We're we're walking up and down eighteen stairs to get to the, this. No, oh, I place.
2: worked out of those buildings for a lot of <laughs> years at <It's> the <like> Community <laughs> Foundation, so I hear you.
1: It's yeah. not easy for people to get in to no. see you, right? No, and we'd like to. Um, you know interview the people that um, Kathy Nadelin has been interviewing for that those books that she's produced and we'd like to really have a chat with those folks cuz they're the history of our our city and uh, we'd like to really have them in you know, and we can't do it well now we have to wait until this covid things over yeah. but, but we'll uh, our next show will be from there and uh, in the meantime Judy um, um, we're go- should we talk about the Festival of Trees first and, and then about the programs? Because everything's changed with COVID, and I was on your website, and I see there's stuff that maybe families need to know for the kids.
2: Yeah, there's actually still something for everyone, and that was when we set out in a COVID world, because we had already started four months into planning mm-hmm. COVID hit, And that was the main goal, is that there, you know, festival trees had to have trees, and there had to be something for everyone. And I actually am excited, because I feel like we really do have something for everyone. Um, Kids is easy, because through the school system, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't take it for granted, but at the same time, it's been easy to look after that. Seniors have been so difficult, and I feel so terrible, because we really, really... Tried to make something for seniors, but, you know, not being able to offer the tea, uh, the seniors' lunch, and just the ability to walk amongst the trees,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: up to see the performers. It's just been really, really hard, but I still feel we've been able to do something for everyone. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now, I guess the biggest thing, which is just sort of hot off the press, because last Thursday we had had, um, done everything we needed to do to have a Santa Claus parade. Mm hmm that would be something for everyone. Well, rules changed, and we want everyone to be safe. That's number one in the healthcare industry. So, we've actually got um, partnered with CKPG TV and two times, both on Saturday, the 5th of December at 7 p.m., and Sunday, December 6th at 3 p.m. If you tune into CKPG, there'll be a Festival of Trees holiday special.
3: Oh, that so it's would be Hosted nice. by 101
2: Point Through the River, Vilma, and Cotter. And so this is actually a little bit about everything. There's messages from Santa. There's featuring several trees. Bee's tree, which is a long, long, you know, very, very dearly loved tree that's been around our festival for many years. Bee to sell. It'll feature uh, 12 of the main trees. It'll be a little bit about festival, what's happening, how to get involved for everybody. But it's one hour that's just, it's not news. It's not negative. It's not you know, something bad that's happening in the world. It's about Prince George, our community, and how we're really trying to make it the best we can be and trying to find health care equipment for everyone. But I hope everyone will tune in. It should be really, really exciting. Decem- okay.
1: December 5th at what time? 10?
2: December 5th at 7 p.m. 7
1: p.m., okay. And sixth. At 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Um, and when you think of it, uh, uh, we got to start watching um, Santa Claus parades on TV because it was easier than than traveling into the city, and so I think that um, people are, might be used to it. You know, I think, and this will be in color instead of black and white, what it was when I was a kid. <laughs> well, it will be exciting. I mean, it's not the
2: kind of involvement we wanted because we have so many people that were really excited about going through. The streets, and it was going to be televised anyways.
3: Uh-huh.
2: It's the congregation of them that we can't have.
3: Yes. Yeah. What's
2: really, really nice, and if you've attended the seniors' tea and luncheon before,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that Medichair is offering still the opportunity to win one of those lift chairs. Oh. So if seniors tune in between those times, go to the Medichair Prince George Facebook page, or have someone else do it for them. Hmm can nominate their favorite senior. Mm -hmm. So they're their grandma, their grandpa, their aunt or the lady next door. It doesn't matter. And those people's name will all be um, entered in to win the chair. So we're really, really so happy with Medicare still being involved in that part of it and still wanting to get out, you know, the information they do about the services they offer, but still provide a really, really nice chair to somebody who can use it? So I think that's special. There's also the Sofa Spud Sponsor um, Contest, which is also during those times, and that's for the couch potatoes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that's it might be me. a couch too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is actually a full entertainment package. It's two beautiful chairs by RK Furniture. It's um, beverages from PWB for a year, pizzas from Panago for a year. Andre's Electronics has has. Uh, let really nicely donated some some earbuds and, and sound system, and then Rocky Mountain chocolate with a basket of chocolate. So same thing, but that's going on to our Festival of Trees PG website, and liking, tagging, safe at home,
3: mm-hmm.
2: your name will be entered into to a draw or something like that. So that's what we've got running that encompasses everybody, children, seniors, everybody.
1: Yeah. I just take the chocolates. I know, chocolates <laughs> and beer you can get than that. Right? You can't. <laughs> you really can't. Um, that's really. Uh, you've really done a good job at, at uh, you know looking after everybody. And uh, is is there is there going to be a Santa story time or? Uh,
2: yes. So actually, on our website uh, right now there's available um, bookings for personalized visits with Santa. So these are if you want to have a personalized visit with your family, your friends, your little ones. If teachers want to book a class, mm-hmm. you can. So that's on festivaltreespg.ca. You can go on their book. Um, starting Friday, there'll be three messages. One is a reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Nice. It's, um Messages from Santa, which is really about being kind, being nice,
3: mm-hmm.
2: good, being on the naughty list, being on the nice list, those kinds of things. And then the other one is questions, and it says, what would Santa say? Mm-hmm. Questions around what do reindeers eat? How do you get around the world in one night? They're everything that a child would possibly ask, and those are free of charge. Um, we recommend that if people can, they give a donation, because obviously we want to be able to fund the equipment. But they are on there, and they'll be starting on uh, Friday night. Uh, December, no, sorry, November twenty seventh. So there's so many things going on. We've got a 50-50 festival cash raffle. But Michaels Jewelers has a ten thousand dollar design your own diamond prize. Light up Prince George was an opportunity to feature your home lit up and enter into a contest. We have a signature ice cream, the Peppermint Spirit,
3: which
2: <coughs> is in paddle. <laughs> Next. We've got uh, our Big Trees auction, Little Trees wreaths, so everything you would normally be able to bid on at the Civic Centre will be online. Fireworks, of course, December 6th at 5 o'clock p.m. 9
1: o'clock, eh? And that's uh, gratis of uh, Canadian Tire?
2: That's right, yeah, Canadian Tire is bringing to us the Festival 50-50 Cash Raffle, the Light Up Prince George, as well as the, the fireworks.
1: Oh, boy, oh, boy. So, and so the auction, now you auction the trees, you auction the wreaths, and you auction the little trees. And is there little house auction? There's
2: little houses on there as well, too.
1: Uh uh, Uh-huh. And so all of this, you'd go on the website...
2: Yes, and,
1: and you can bid on all of those things.
2: Yeah, and that'll be going live on Friday evening. That's when we start.
1: Yeah, oh boy, we just got you right in time so that everybody <laughs> can get on this. And um, now the 50-50, is, is, that's online as well.
2: That is. Tickets are
1: $25. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the Diamond Lottery draw is tickets are $20, available at Michael's Jewelers. Okay, McDonald's is featuring four locations, festival breakfast, and a dollar from every breakfast sandwich will come to the Spirit of the North as well. Those are times, dates, and everything are all available on our website.
1: Wonderful. And now um, we have this, uh, there's also kits. Now, are you still, are the kids getting kits at school or how's They are,
2: so teachers can actually book um, their decorations and pick them up or we can deliver. Mm-hmm. Information for that's available on the website. They can, you know, join that with a Santa visit for the class or a reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas. So, oh. so yeah, the kids area, it's not the drop-in. Yeah. The children can still get those craft kits, even if it's not part of a school.
1: Okay. Oh, that's good. And then um, they can drop off letters to Santa?
2: Yes, they can at the Frozen Paddle. Santa's mailbox is there.
1: Okay, that's good to know because I still think uh, we need to push Santa a little bit. There has to be a little bit of magic in the world. And joy. Yeah, yeah. Heaven
2: will and festival the trees world, definitely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now I hope everybody got that, but I guess the best thing to just tell everybody to go on your website and uh, get that information and um, bid on bid on the trees and have a look at them
2: and they can still vote for their favorite, no different than we used to do it in paper. They can actually vote for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of it won't take place until the 27th. Oh. There's, you know, pieces are going up there as we're getting the information. Yeah. Um, but after the 27th, on Friday night, everything will go live, and okay. they'll be able to. And if, if they don't know how to navigate around a website, find a nice uh, little person that can...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll show us how... Now let's talk about this molecular diagnosis equipment that you're raising funds for. This is pretty exciting.
2: It is, actually. You know, uh, I think our days of being dependent on the southern interior for everything are quickly coming to an end, and I think the government's realizing that, and I think uh, donors are realizing that, too, is that having a test and waiting for it is costing people time, it's costing people their ability to get back to normal life sooner Mm -hmm. so this molecular diagnostic lab absolutely be the best thing for all of these viruses and uh flus and and everything that's transferred that way within our area because COVID you know hit us hard there's no doubt about it it's the beginning it's not the end there's always been SARS there's been Mm -hmm. there's been so many viruses and I think it's been maybe um not well known that the testing hasn't always been able to be done locally.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so.
2: That's right. So having, um, they're actually clearing out a dedicated space in the hospital where testing can be done, Mm -hmm. provide a whole new level of services, and is the gold standard for testing um, in this way.
1: So for COVID and for the flu and uh, maybe HIV, um, and then... uh, Other things that, you know, we've got hit sideways with this. So we would have a, if someone came down with something, we would have a lab that could um, investigate that immediately.
3: That's
2: right. So, you know, right now, I mean, eventually it would have the capability to do HIV testing and and a lot of them getting the space and the equipment here is the start. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But if we don't have it, we're never going to be able to get it. So... That's the start. It is building the lab and actually bringing some of the pieces of equipment that are needed.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And right now, the government is is being generous enough to fund the Panther, which is what is required right now, specifically for COVID, Mm -hmm. but of other things that go along with that. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Of course, they don't fund the space and infrastructure and staff. Yeah. All of those things. So it's it's a huge partnership with Northern Health uh, to be able to bring this. But, you know, I I think it's important. Time is money. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's sanity, too, and I think that that's important that people realize that, you know, when you're waiting a couple days to get tested and you're waiting a couple more days for results, that's just unnecessary. And I think that having our own ability to do that locally would be such a great pressure relief.
1: Well, I like the idea of self-sufficiency, and I like the idea of uh, not being dependent On, uh, You know, I mean, of course we have to ask for help, but if we can do it ourselves, it's much quicker. We all feel much better that if I have to go and have a COVID test that I know that it's going to be immediate, uh, you know, uh, results instead of waiting for it. So, no, I think this is wonderful. And so all your fundraising is going towards that for this year. And not only that, Judy, you go all the way up to the Yukon.
0: Mm -hmm. It's
1: not like uh, we're just here in in Little Prince George. Northern Health has a vast area of responsibility.
2: Also, Quinell to the Yukon border and Haida Gwaii to Vailmont. So it's a huge area.
1: Yeah, it really is. And so, um, well, I think this is good. I think everybody, please go on the website. I want it. Um, And so, um, Judy, is there anything more we...
2: Just watch the newspaper because all the information will be in Thursday's newspaper, mm-hmm. the Citizen newspaper. And if not, call. You know, call. Ask us. We're happy to help out. We really want to embrace the community in the region with this year's festival trees reimagined.
1: Yeah, are you there? I am. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So, thank you very much, Judy, for the information. And stay well. And thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank
2: you for what you do, Sharon. We really appreciate getting messages out to to seniors in particular, but everybody in the region as well.
1: Good. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
1: Now, uh, I have a few things that I wanted to share. One of them is um, the uh, 50-50 tickets are no longer available at the the Prince George Hospice. You have to go online to, to get them. And so we need you to stay on that. It's up over 90,000 now. 95 last time I Yeah, knocked. right. Something, I knew it was 90 something. Just and, couldn't remember the uh, extra. And then uh, then um, I have a message from Lola Dawn about um, the uh, um, seniors' hampers? Yeah, the hampers. And I'm just trying to find my darn cell phone because <laughs> the message is on there. Uh, there was another thing I needed to share, too. Um, Operation Red Nose, it's yes. not going to be going this year. Yeah. Uh, I talked to uh, Ken the other day, and he said they need over 300 and some odd people for volunteers. and That's um, not allowed. Well, it, that's right. It's not only not allowed, it's... Uh, Lola Dawn There well, we are. And people shouldn't be having great big parties New Year's Eve. Well, they're probably going to have it anyway. But <laughs> hopefully, not. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. <laughs> no, me I either. I can see me sitting at home all by myself. And so that's going to be out. Um, and uh, there's so many things that have changed. Uh, so hospice, you know, go online and get your 50-50. Yep. I mean, it's going to be over $100,000 by got the time. I mine. T- I did mine too. Now, Lola Dawn says, um, we are um, accepting applications for Christmas happers until Friday, December 4th. To be eligible, you must be 65 plus and in receipt of the Guaranteed Income Supplement Form, and I don't know what's happening to this. You yeah, know they have certain stipulations. Yeah, they do, and uh, it, it's going to be the same when we um, when we talk to um, Salvation Army today, because there's quite a few stipulations. You just don't walk in and well, get. Well, there are. I'm sure that there are some people that don't really need it, and yet they're applying for it. I'm sure there are. You can come. Um, into the Seniors Resource Centre to fill out an application in person, but wear a mask, Monday to Thursday between 10 and 2. It's closed Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you're not comfortable going out, we understand. If, if you received a hamper last year, you can apply over the phone. You can also download the application form from the website, www.pgcos.org. Dot ca. Fill it out in fax, mail, or scan. Just make sure to allow enough time to get um, to them by December 4th. I would get someone to drop it in. Due to COVID, we have had to look at ways to reduce the number of volunteers and hands-handling groceries. Therefore, we are not accepting groceries or gift donations this year. We will happily accept cash or grocery store gift cards, preferably save-on, and tax receipts can be issued for donations over $20. In the case of gift cards... Receipt must be provided before we can issue tax receipts. We are hoping to have donations in by December 12th so that our staff can take advantage of the Save-On case lot sale for the following week. Hamper deliveries will happen Monday, December 21st. Um, We may need more volunteers that day. Volunteers need to register ahead of time with uh, us because we have to do the necessary COVID screening questionnaires and arrange times for them to pick up hampers rather than all arrive at once, as in previous years. Volunteers will wear masks and follow COVID safety protocols. Call 250-564-5888 or email info.pgcos at gmail.com. That's all the news from me, except tell everyone to wear a mask, wash your hands, and stay home if possible. Cheers, Lola Dawn. So, um, 564-5888. And uh, December 4th, you've got to have your order in. Okay.
4: We need to take a break.
1: Okay, let's take a break, and we'll be back with our next guest.
4: Join us each week for Music and the Spoken Word, featuring the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, the longest-running, continuous weekly network broadcast in the world, celebrating over 90 years on the air. Each episode features modern and traditional arrangements of spiritual, patriotic, classical, and contemporary music, and a timely, inspiring message. Music and the Spoken Word with the Tabernacle Choir.
5: Sunday mornings at 7 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
4: Prince George's newest seniors community is waiting for you at 1444 20th Avenue. Riverbend Manor offers a safe, affordable, and centrally located rental housing option. Rent is based on your income and includes three daily meals, all of your utilities, housekeeping, and much more. Riverbend has a jam-packed weekly calendar of activities to fit both active and passive lifestyles. Part of Prince George's leading seniors community, Riverbend Manor. Call 250-596-8097 to book your tour today.
0: One of the many services suspended due to COVID-19 has now returned. Drop-off customer recycling is once again available at London Drugs. Beverage containers, soft plastics, flexible plastics, and styrofoam are once again returnable to London Drugs. Local outlets may have restrictions on daily customer quantities and may have to temporarily stop taking returns from time to time, but recycling is back at London Drugs. For more information about the London Drugs sustainability initiatives and what can be recycled at stores, visit greendeal.ca. Forecast
5: from Environment Canada for today periods of wet snow, wind from the south at 30k gusting to 50, a high of 2. Tonight, mainly cloudy, the 40% chance of flurries, wind up to 15, a low of minus 4, with a wind chill to minus 9. On Wednesday, mainly cloudy, with the 40% chance of flurries in the morning, clearing near noon, wind continuing, and a high of 0.
6: You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 well, CFIS Perfect. FM, brought to you in part by Riverbend Seniors Community. <laughs> when you live at Riverbend, you will feel right at home.
1: Now we're back on, Sharon. Oh, good. And, <laughs> and we've got Chamber of Commerce. We Todd, do. are you there, Todd? I am. Oh, Todd Corrigan, new daddy. How's baby?
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, she just got back from the doctor for her nine-month checkup, and she's perfect.
1: Right on. Awesome. Uh, and her name? Violet. Oh, how lovely. Yeah. We haven't heard that name for so long. That's an old one, (laughs) yeah. I love it. Good for you. So you took the time off so that you could bond with your brand new baby.
6: I I took a couple of weeks off. Uh, She was born on March 1st, and I came back to work on March 16th, and we closed the office because of COVID (laughs) regulations.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I think it's wonderful when a dad can uh, spend as much time with the baby as mom can, and uh, then the baby is bonded with both of you equally, and I think it's a great thing. So, Violet, eh? All right. Good Irish name.
7: (laughs) (laughs) A very good Irish name. Yeah,
1: yeah. So how are things? Are you um, still locked down, or are you in business a little bit?
6: Yeah, I mean, we've... we've stayed operational the whole time. The office has uh, largely remained closed simply because there's no real need for us to be open. We should be remote. We can engage with our members from wherever we are. Yeah. Uh, and so we've taken every measure uh, to continue that engagement and communication process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've implemented a number of strategies. Support PG was the first initiative that we rolled out, uh, I believe, back on March 20th. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's been highly successful. And in oh, probably about 24 hours, we're going to launch our new holiday campaign.
1: Mm-hmm. And what's that going to be? Uh, so I
6: can't give too many details right now. <laughs> uh, we're finally we're ironing out some of the details, but the idea is that we want to get people into local businesses, shopping at local businesses, yes. uh, but also finding an opportunity for the owners of those businesses to re-engage back. Uh, so there'll be some contests. There'll be a lot of prizes. Uh, and we will run this through till uh, December 18th.
1: You know, I don't know why we can't be part of that by talking to the businesses. We'll have to talk to Reg about that, Todd, but we could maybe shine a light on some of those because we did it with, uh, as soon as we heard that there was problems out at uh, Jolly Market, uh, we talked to them, and they're doing okay. So uh, maybe after the show, um, I'll talk to Reg, and we can talk to you and see if we can be help in some way.
6: Absolutely. Yeah. Any help, any help to make sure that people are spending their money or as much of their money locally uh, through the holidays as is possible is, is great news.
1: Yeah, and uh, we want to help them. That's part of what our, our show is about. Um, now, I noticed that you've got some online series that looks pretty interesting. And um, the interim leader of the Liberal Party is going to be part of that. <laughs>
6: we just got off the phone with her.
1: <laughs> Did you? How's she yeah. doing? <laughs>
6: good, 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 good. Yeah, she's uh, obviously her her busy schedule has gotten busier, but uh, you know she's she's a uh, uh, an endless, boundless amount of energy and, and enthusiasm for uh, for this region and for the province, and so we're we're excited to see what she does.
1: yeah we all love Shirley. Now, are you going? So you're going to have Shirley, Todd, and. Mike doing um how, um a series of, of interactions or is it a video?
6: Yeah, so we, we actually started yesterday. So MP Doherty uh was with us yesterday. Uh MLA Shirley Bond was just at noon hour uh, today. Mm-hmm. And so tomorrow we've got uh, MLA Mike Morris and then on Thursday we've got Marilyn Hall. Uh so really the idea is it's an opportunity for uh for the business community to engage with our elected officials. Uh, understand some of their priorities as we head into 2021 uh, and have a really a discussion about what we can all do collectively to uh, help our community move forward.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I it's just times are tough and we don't want to lose our, our local uh, businesses. Um, we want to keep them and uh, whatever we can do to help, we will yeah. do it. Yep.
6: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a strong discussion to be had when you consider, you know, ninety eight percent of all businesses in BC are small businesses. So if we're not securing that for the future, mm-hmm. uh, what does employment look like? What does the economy look like?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, are you contacting the businesses and uh, um, you know, sort of one on one?
6: Yeah, so we've done a number of uh, outreach pieces. So whether that had been uh, digital surveys, whether that was through uh, phone calls, or, or whether that was through uh, dropping by on those who were open that we could uh, we could speak with in a, in a socially distanced manner. Uh, and we're in the process of putting together uh, some year-end feedback communications pieces. So we're we're hoping to get that out uh, by the end of this week, early next week, and leave that open until January.
1: Okay. And is there anything um, that that you want to share with the community, uh, the business community that we haven't talked about?
6: Really the most important part right now, and, and, and you know, we always say we're only as good as the information that we receive.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, you know, that is more important now than ever before. And so as businesses continue to evolve through this and, and, and consumers evolve through this too, really, the more information they can share with us the more opportunities stumbling blocks uh policy hindrances that they can share with us it really only enhances the work that we do on their behalf so if i could if i could send one encouraging note out there it would be for everybody to communicate with us in whatever shape way shape or form is comfortable for them uh, but we really need to collect that information
1: yeah and so You can go on the um, Chamber of Commerce website or call in at 562-2454. On the website, you'll find um, the email and phone number and staff contacts. Um, And, you know, please contact the Chamber. You know, we want to help you stay in business. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think... uh, I think that... um, is that all you have to say? Because I knew you were on a short uh, leash today. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Depends who you ask. I'm usually on a short leash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, we've got our next guest waiting. So if, if you've got to go and run and do something uh, uh, for sure, go ahead and do it, my friend. And uh, I'll talk to Reg and, and maybe he'll give you a call after the show.
6: Beautiful. Thanks so much. I appreciate the support.
1: Anytime, Todd. Take Got care. Give Violet a hug for us. we Will do. <laughs> okay. Bye. Uh, now, our next guest is waiting, and so Judy's just going to go and uh, invite Major Neil Wilkinson from the Salvation Army in. And in the meantime, uh, I want to repeat that number for for people for the chamber, it's 2454 four. and um, oh, you look great! Come on in, Neil. Okay. I'm going to keep
7: mine on. Now okay. So Spitting on
1: that. Well, I cleaned that for you. So, Major Neil Wilkinson, and Hello. he's got a kilt on, and he looks as charming as ever can be. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I, I, yeah, I guess people are used to seeing me out in my kilt, yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's with
1: pride. Uh, you betcha. Yeah. Is it your own um, Scottish? Are you Scottish?
7: My family are uh, Scottish ancestry. Yes. So I was born in Canada. My family immigrated to Canada from Scotland. Did they? So okay. we are from the Kintyre Peninsula. Uh huh. There's a small village at the north end of the Kintyre Peninsula called uh, Clacken. And that's the region from whence my family cometh.
1: (laughs) Well, I had my best friend in the whole world. She came from Adrosan.
7: Okay, and and,
1: and uh, I was only sixteen or seventeen when they took me out on New Year's Eve. All these Scottish people, <laughs> nice haggis, <Hog-o-many. laughs> and I'm telling you, I sure had my eyes open. And my date was like five foot four, and I at the time I was sixteen, weighed about 110 pounds, and about five eight and a half. And he was just the sweetest guy. His name was Gordon, and kept singing a Gordon for me, a Gordon for me.
7: Eyes <laughs> could eat lice. Yeah. Well,
1: now they're trying to separate from England again.
7: (laughs) We won't get into those kinds of politics
1: today. No, we better not. Though that was a good movie.
7: (laughs) We'll sidestep that one.
1: Anyway, um, I've just had uh, Judy Nizer on from uh, Festival of Trees. We had Todd from uh, Chamber of Commerce. Talking about helping people with small businesses and and how we can shop locally and and uh, now um, I went on your website and read all the things that the Salvation Army does and you know I have to say Major Neal that every time November 11th comes the first thing I think about is Salvation Army because I had so many of my relatives that were in World War Two and my grandfather was. Black watch. He wore his kilt, and he was in World War One. And they all told us what the Salvation Army did for the boys over there. And I think uh, people may not realize that the Army did an awful lot of wonderful things.
7: You know, it's one of the things that we try to live into in our modern age mm-hmm. is that legacy that our forebearers passed down to us. Mm-hmm. And you're right. There's a lot of things that... Um, the general public have lost sight of. Both during both world wars, mm-hmm. the Salvation Army served frontline troops on both sides of the line. Yep. So we had our German Salvation Army serving on the other side, and we had uh, the Allied side being supported by the Salvation Army. And that is not something that uh, we who are serving today take for granted or take lightly because the torch that's been passed to us is to continue to live out the spirit of that kind of community support that was given out in the wartime. There are very few who endured anything to do with World War I or World War II that didn't have some kind of direct touch from the work of the Salvation Army. And so what we're trying to do in today's pandemic environment is to keep that idea of hope going. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things, one of the legacies that's passed down to us is not only did we um, support those serving on the front lines, but we also supported the families that were left behind. That's right. Because often there were times where the boys went off to war to yep. put an old adage into mm-hmm, practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ones that were left behind uh, needed support to be able to make ends meet while the, the, the others were taking care of business on the front line. So the, the reach of the Salvation Army was huge. And what we're trying to do today is to live out our uh, brand promise, which is giving hope today. Mm-hmm. And I think in today's COVID environment, that is a message that we need to hear more and more and more, that there is hope. And that hope isn't just for the um, 1% to 2% of the most vulnerable in our community. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sense of hope is needed for all of us. Because it, it, at this point, we're all in the same boat. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what our economic status is. No, nope. We are all in the same boat. And we are all fighting against uh, a sense of despair and a sense of hopelessness. And we all need to find some kind of way to connect with something that's bigger than ourselves so that we have something to move us forward into our tomorrows. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I was thinking about, um, you know, when I I was a young woman, a young girl, uh, the the pubs were called halfway houses in the area that I lived. And uh, there was... Women in escorts and men's side of the, and women could not go into a pub without an escort. But the people who were most welcomed into that pub, and it was called the Alpine, were the Salvation Army people. And they came in and they had their um, tambourines and people would just fill it up. And, and a lot of people in there were people who had just come back from overseas and, and their aunts and uncles. And the, the love of people of all religions for Salvation Army. That's the whole thing. It wasn't it wasn't about Christianity, it was about
7: uh, what you said, love and hope. Well and at the end of the day, um, my my investment of my life energy into the organization comes because it really truly is an organization that isn't about proselytizing. Yeah. And so many religious organizations are about getting you to think and act and feel and all the things that they do. Mm-hmm. And what I like about the Savish Army stance is that um, we, if we get to a faith conversation, that's great. Yeah, But... That's not the thing that matters most. If you have a rumbling tummy because you're hungry, Mm -hmm. let's take care of your rumbling tummy. Yeah. If your body is shivering because you don't have enough adequate clothing. Yeah. Let's get you some clothes. If you don't have a place to put your head at night, let's get that sorted first. And then if there's room in all of that journeying and all of that walking alongside somebody mm-hmm. to have a conversation about faith mm-hmm. will respond to that yeah but it's all secondary to first and foremost meeting the individual and honoring where they are and finding out where they want to go yeah. and walk a mile or two in their shoes. Yeah,
1: and it's, it's huge true. Difference. It's so true because I was married to an Austrian who immigrated to Canada, and he was raised Catholic, and he had no nothing. He had his $25 gold piece or something. Yeah, we've got a minute. Um, and uh, anyway, he went to the Catholic Church. He wasn't a member, so he wasn't allowed to stay. So he stayed at the Salvation Army, and, and they helped him, feed him, gave him a place to sleep, and helped him find a job. And he became very successful. And, yeah, we have to take a short break. It's 1.39, uh, and we'll be right back with Major Neil Wilkinson and talk some more about Salvation Army and how wonderful they are.
4: The Human and Social Services Gaming Grant application deadline is Monday. Charities and not-for-profit groups looking to apply can receive help prior to the deadline from the Northern Interior Communities Association. Contact the NICA at 250-562-2553 by Friday between 10 and 3. Once again, the application deadline for the Human and Social Services Gaming Grant is Monday. A friendly reminder from the Northern Interior Communities Association.
0: The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council's 2020 annual regional engagement sessions are coming up. This year's meeting for the Northwest and Northeast regions is tomorrow. Topics to be covered include safely returning to activity and mental wellness during COVID 19, along with iSpark updates. Registration is available at ispark.ca. That's isparc.ca.
5: The iSpark Annual Regional Engagement Session for the Northwest and Northeast, Wednesday from 10 to 3.
4: You could be immortalized in a new board game developed right here in Prince George. Naramata Wine and Tourism, developed by Chris Diaz, has started a Kickstarter campaign. For a basic pledge of $75, you get the core version of the game, while higher pledges provide access to additional levels and the opportunity to become part of the game as a tourist. Naramata will be released internationally in 2021. For full details on the Kickstarter campaign, search for Naramata at Kickstarter.com.
5: Forecast from Environment Canada for today periods of wet snow, wind from the south of 30k gusting to 50, a high of 2. Tonight mainly cloudy, the 40% chance of flurries, wind up to 15, a low of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 9. On Wednesday mainly cloudy, the 40% chance of flurries in the morning, clearing near noon, wind continuing, and a high of 0.
6: Brought to you in part by Riverbend Manor. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFISFM.
1: And we're back on Sharon. Well, and while we were off, uh, Major Neil and I were talking about the services, and, and one of them was hospitals. It wasn't just. Um, well, uh, the the different. Well, we had a drug and alcohol treatment center here the, in town. Here in
7: Prince George, there was a Harbour Light up until yes. the nineties. Yes, um, and it, it, I mean it was one of those things that uh, the program uh, every every program has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, and and so I think the uh, course for the Harbour Light program running here in Prince George had reached its. Uh, conclusion but for years that was a place where people found hope mm-hmm. and a new a new future because mm-hmm. we were there to journey with people through their recovery process
1: I feel badly that it's it it stopped because there hasn't been anything really to replace it yeah. we've got uh, Baldy Hughes but this was right downtown yeah it was, it was. very close to the hospital and everything mm-hmm. like that um, and then we talked about um, the uh, hospitals, Grace Hospitals. And I said, I don't know if I, I don't think I was born in Grace Hospital. I think my brother was born in Grace Hospital
7: in Toronto. Well, and for years, Salvation Army Grace Hospitals were on the leading edge of neonatal and prenatal care in the country. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the last of the Salvation Army Hospitals that were Grace Hospitals reverted to public care um, within the last 20, 25 years. Yes. um, But for... Nearly a hundred years, Salvation Army Grace Hospitals dotted the countryside, and they were one of the ways that we provided support to the community. One of my most favorite stories about how the Salvation Army affected positive change in the community was actually uh, something that happened in the 1890s. So, uh, back in the 1800s, matches were made with uh, toxic phosphorus. Yes. yes. And the Salvation Army saw this and there were two problems with it. First of all, people were dying from the toxicity of the toxic sulfur. Yes. But second of all, people weren't being paid a fair wage for a a fair day's work. Mm -hmm. So the Salvation Army purchased a match factory and they made matches uh, at significantly more cost than it was to make regular matches. Yeah. But they used the safer phosphorus. Yes. And they paid their workers a fair wage. And we operated that from, I believe it was 1891 until 1901, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I might be wrong, not uh, 100% yeah. on the dates, but yeah. they operated that match factory for a decade. And what ended up happening was because of those efforts, then British Parliament changed the laws about what um, resources could be used in the manufacture of matches, and the fair wages movement was a precursor to the modern-day unions that oh, yes. work yeah. uh, around the world for protecting workers these days. Yeah. So it's it's wonderful to be part of an organization that has that kind of history. And what I'm most interested in in Prince George is how we can continue to pull together as a community and maybe using the Salvation Army as a catalyst, but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But uh, somehow bringing some kind of a catalyst together so that we can combat the sense of hopelessness that's befalling our community. Because you know what? we are all in this together, but the great news is, is we're all in this together Mm -hmm. and we have gotten through some very sticky times together Mm -hmm. in this community. Mm -hmm. And I think of our wildfire seasons most recently passed um, and how we were able to band together and meet the needs of not only our own community, but like hundreds and thousands of people migrating into our community. Yes. Um, that is something that we need to celebrate. And yeah. that is the kind of thinking that will get us through this pandemic. And that's the kind of thinking that will carry the frontline supports of our community, like charities like the Salvation Army, like St. Vincent de Paul. Like, yeah. There's so many charities yes. that rely on the goodwill of this community yeah. to do the work that we do. So now, let's band together.
1: Yeah. Do you, do you pre- provide uh, housing like... Um Since the, since the Harbor Lights went, I don't think that you've had a shelter.
7: No, the Salvation Army doesn't have a shelter in Prince George. Yeah. There are a number of shelters that are already here for different demographics. Yeah. And we are a resource, a support or point of reference to support people getting the support that they need with the existing facilities. Yeah. We don't. It doesn't make sense to duplicate resources. It just doesn't. No. So, one of the things that we've done over the last decade—I believe it or not—I've been in Prince George now for a decade, which is wonderful. <laughs> I love this community. And so, when we first arrived here a decade ago, uh, the Salvation Army was offering a hot meal program. Yes. But I very quickly learned that our friends at Saint Vin- Saint Vincent de Paul also provide hot meals. Yes. So what we've done is we've said, we're not going to do hot meals anymore. We're going to instead support our brothers and sisters over at St. Vincent de Paul. Mm -hmm. So we make sure that Bernie and her team has the resources that we can provide them from the Salvation Army to do the hot meal program. And so what we do is we focus on the food bank side of things and we focus on the Uh, personal supports side of things so if there's somebody who needs shelter Mm -hmm. we journey with them to get connected with the other resources that are available in the community because it just doesn't make sense to duplicate services No,
1: we're not in a competition no and and there's enough uh there's more need than there is uh help right now anyway i don't know what the people i I took a drive around um, a couple of weeks ago to see what was going on downtown because I was speaking to downtown people and association, and I was quite amazed to see how busy it is.
7: It is. It's really busy down there. I mean, we've got a thriving downtown business community, Mm -hmm. and we have a thriving downtown support community. Yes. And more and more, um, historically, in other communities, those two groups in particular have not always seen eye to eye. That's right. But more and more, the heart of Prince George is showing through, mm-hmm. and the business community and the social supports community are are becoming good friends, and they're working collaboratively to support those that are in those situations. Yes. And I applaud that, because yeah. that's the stuff that changes individual lives, but that's the stuff that changes communities Mm -hmm. as well and changes minds absolutely all of the above
1: yeah and i remember when i first came to prince george um we had a community um um meeting with all the businesses and the social services and we kind of lost that as we grew too big and bigger and bigger and we need to Bring that core back again, and I think it is. I had a very, int- very nice interview with the downtown association, and uh, I think we are all trying to work together to do the best for everybody. Um, I know that um, after the fires, a lot of people
7: stayed, and and there just wasn't that we weren't prepared for them to stay. And it's one of the realities that we've been dealing with. But the rea- the other side of the reality. Is that I think as a community, we have the opportunity to reimagine the social supports journey that we engage with people. Mm
3: -hmm.
7: So um, I have a theory. My Mm -hmm. theory is that there are no free rides in this world. No, there are no free rides. And so we need to be responsible and pay for um our way through this world Mm -hmm. right and if we aren't able to pay for it with cash or if we're not able to pay for it with our labor i have noticed that many times we pay for our service goods and services with our dignity Mm -hmm. and if you remove more dignity than somebody has because you're continuously supporting them without payment then eventually you end up with somebody who has very little dignity left and yeah. none to give. Yeah, And then we wonder why we have the social issues that we have. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that if we exact payment, that that will make all the problems go away. But there is some interesting correlation between helping somebody become self-sufficient and giving somebody a handout. Yeah. And I think that our social framework, if we were to reimagine how we can walk a mile or two in somebody's shoes alongside them and help them accomplish their hopes, their dreams, rather than giving them our bag of social, social supports to make ourselves feel better. Yes. And, And the thing is, is I think we've already got all the resources that we need in the community to do that. We need to reimagine how we can come along and journey with individuals on an individual basis. Because one of the other things that we like to do as Western society, as Canadians, is we like to give our money to a program or a project. Because we think that that program or that project is going to take care of the need. Well, if we... If we feed people, well, we will perpetually be feeding people. If we teach someone how to acquire their own resources and how to prepare those resources, well, then we're equipping that individual to care for themselves rather than perpetuating a social dependency. And when we think in terms of the work that we do at the Salvation Army, we're always starting in that place that we have an honor and we have a privilege when we meet somebody who is in social need to journey with them and we don't i went with our staff and volunteers we try to avoid the word help yeah we're not here to help people no the only help i believe that somebody can have is the help they give themselves yep, yep. now if we journey with somebody for a mile or two yeah. in, their, in their life. We are honored. We are privileged. And if along that journey, we can support somebody in recognizing the potential that they have deep within themselves, then that is a real joy and a privilege for us. And I think it's life changing for somebody who has come to a deeper self actualization, self realization. And that's really where the heart of the work that we do at the salvation army is and what would be great is if all social supports in in canada would move into that headspace then we wouldn't be creating new programs that are very expensive to run yeah we would be meeting people right where they're at. Exactly. Getting to build a relationship with them, yes. asking them what their hopes and their dreams are. Exactly. And then walking with them towards those hopes and dreams. To me, that sounds like a dignified, human, compassionate response. And that's the kind of social response that I want to be a part of. I
1: agree with you totally. And and I... Um, I want people to reach their potential. I want them to be independent and self-sufficient. When they've been treated badly, they think there's something wrong with them. You tell them there's nothing wrong, it's been wrong done to you, and you believe that's who you are. And help them to find who they are instead of who other people have told them they are and and i don't want anybody to be dependent on me ever i want them to be dependent on themselves yeah. and i agree with you 100% I, you don't want to cause a dependency you want to it's that old story about teaching a man
7: how to fish it's true it's it's 100% true and how do we do that uh, that kind of social response Right across the board in our social thinking. I believe the heart intent is there, Mm -hmm. but the reality is, is that especially for government funded programs, government funded programs are always based upon inputs and outputs. Yep. And so the government will provide support financially for a government funded program, but there needs to be a deliverable on the outside. So the only way to provide that deliverable is to put together a program. So you make a feeding program. And so then you can say every month we feed 5,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, you have an input, you have an output, you have accountability. And that's a great thing. We need to be accountable. Yes. But Everybody of, has to be. Yes. But at the end of the day, wouldn't it be better if our outputs would be that we built relationships with five households, And those five households became financially independent Mm -hmm. in the last six months. Mm -hmm. I would rather report those kinds of statistics. Now, we don't receive government funding from the Salvation Army. We are 100% supported by our local community. Yes. Our thrift stores help support the work that we do, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't want to be causing any concern out there or or, or confusion (laughs) about where the Salvation Army and Prince George gets its money. It's just an idea behind what we do, right? And so the other reality is is that many charities the people that work within those charities um, their livelihood is dependent upon those charities being able to do what the charities are doing yeah and there's a certain reality that we have to face that social support in canada is a multi-million dollar industry it both is. from um, a government social response perspective but also from a non-government social supports response perspective yeah. So changing the direction of the proverbial ship is sometimes a bit of a challenge because there are a lot of stakeholders and there's a lot at stake. But the reality is, is that the front line, the person that we are walking alongside that we are building a relationship with, isn't that the most important thing is to journey with the individual and help them realize their full potential.
1: You know, um, Mike Morris and I were talking about the percentage of Aboriginal people in prison and uh, up at PGRCC, al- along with Bill um, Pavich, we were talking about it. And these people are post-traumatic stress disorder people. These are trauma survivors. And, and Mike said, wouldn't it be wonderful if the jails became healing centers instead of, you know... Uh, I mean, they do have programs, but the whole thing about punishing someone who is is reacting to violence because of the violence they experience is just way off, you know, they have to be safe. And so, you know, what you've said today is exactly how I feel, how I've worked, and how I've been um, looked down upon because I believe that everybody has a certain, able, everybody's able they're limited by maybe mental health issues or, or health issues of some sort, but everybody has an ab- ability, and I always point out to Terry Fox and and Glenn, um, what's his name, the one in the wheelchair, look what they did. Yeah.
7: Well, and, and I, I agree with you for the most part. I want to say the limitations, yeah. I would recognize those as unrecognized opportunities. I agree with you. Right? Yeah. Because... We, all of us, have limitations. And if we live in the world of thinking that we're limited in our capacity, well, we're living in self-isolating, self-limiting situations. Whereas if we recognize our unmet potential and our opportunities um, and recognizing that our challenges are really opportunities... There are no bounds to what an individual can accomplish. I there agree. Are no bounds. Yeah,
1: my sister, she was considered to be mentally challenged. I didn't. I treated her as I would treat anybody. She became a hairdresser. She's married. Got two kids. Drives the school bus. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I would. I would. We, we could, could go, go on and, forever, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah, we could. But you know, yeah, I I, I'm so. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, of this discussion Because it's really important For people to understand That the limits on someone else Are usually put on by someone else And and it's about encouragement And so Um we didn't get to the kettles but everybody put some money in the kettles oh please please <laughs> and and I'll have you back major neil i really appreciate you giving us this time today and having this wonderful conversation honored to be here thanks thank you very much and so we're signing off till next week yep. and next week we'll be at the new location yes for sure so take care everybody stay masked I got Safe. mine
0: here. <laughs> Senior Moments is a co-production of 93one CFISFM CFIS-FM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Senior Moments is produced by Sharon Heard with production assistance from A.J. Fair. Theme music is courtesy of Golf Brooks Music. Sponsored by Riverbend Seniors Community, catch the rebroadcast of today's show tonight at 9 or replay past shows through the podcast at cfisfm.ca.
6: Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.